What in the world does ESG mean? Have you heard of it? And have you wondered, what are they talking about? And how does that apply to your life? Well, guess what? We're gonna tell you because today we have a very special guest. Her name is Rebecca Blocker. You do not want to miss this show. If you have any questions about The Great Reset or ESG, this is the show for you. Welcome into this week's edition of Alabama Unfiltered, your favorite podcast. Don't forget to go to all the places where you listen to podcasts and give us a thumbs up. Check us out at Apple, Spotify, Rumble, YouTube. Not all Podbean. Those, not, it, it, it is Podbean? It is Podbean. We're at Podbean? Podbean. Yes. Are you saying Podbean or Podbean? Pod, pod, like not like Bean. Bean, bean Podbean. We're there? Brian said only losers download the app, and I was like, well, Loser. I have, I have the app downloaded. Okay. Yeah. okay. I'm, I'm we are there. Great. Yeah. Don't forget this is also powered by 1819 News. Go to their website, download the daily detail, and for the newsletter. Is it just plain newsletter? We need a better name. I call it the morning edition. It, it's the morning edition. Is it called the morning so edition? So many companies use the morning edition moniker that right, we so don't we're use call that it the one. Newsletter. But you want the daily detail. Right. Because you get your news. Andrea gives you the news. Tells you what you need to know. And you want the newsletter Absolutely. because you want to read it. So the bottom line is go to 1819news.com. Sign up for anything yes. you can possibly get from them because they power this podcast. I am here. Amy Beth Shaver's here. I'm here. <clears throat> Allison Sinclair is here. Stay here. You were the present here. kid, weren't you? Present. I- I had I my little pink red glasses. Yes, she was Here. absolutely Were your glasses present. real or fake? Oh, no, they were real. I had okay. issues. They were real. I had fake glasses for a while. But I bet your you pink glasses. You were one of those I people? <laughs> yeah, somebody so like didn't have grade. to have glasses no, and you I fake do now, the glasses. But you didn't have to have like, braces, but you wanted to put foil on your glasses. It was a fad. That's why I'm asking. It was a fad for a time. It was. Did you have fake glasses ever? I wanted some. I didn't have any. I got. They were black. I loved them. Wait, have we introduced Rebecca? No, we're about to. Thank you, blonde across the table. Rebecca Blocker. This beautiful blonde today. Rebecca to me. Because y'all are best friends. And y'all were like, she's Rebecca Blocker to y'all. Rebecca from Eagle Forum is here to talk to us about MSG that they put in Chinese food. (laughs) Yes, it's going to be a delicious episode. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) Really? That's what we're talking about, right? Because I got the email. I mean, you got to know how to cure the bloat. This is what we're doing today. MSG. MSG makes you bloated. Tasty point. That's what Rebecca's going to Boy, it makes you feel terrible. (laughs) It does. But it makes the food so good. Does it? I think think it's banned. It's banned, but I still think they use it. If you put it on, well. Maybe not banned. It makes cat know. taste We're like so, chicken. Y'all are silly. We're talking about ESG. She's trying to listen. I said it makes cat taste like chicken. <laughs> I have an Asian child. Doesn't mean that. I think they really like, do eat cats, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, and dogs. What are we doing for real? We're, ta- <laughs> We're talking about ESG. Oh, ESG, where you can read people's thoughts. You're cut off today. <laughs> Environmental, social, really and worried. governance. Governance. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it. I'm still not really sure. It's actually a pretty complex concept, and I feel like most of us in Alabama, America, have heard it floating around, but most of us probably really don't even know what we're talking about. So, Rebecca, I don't know where your passion for all kind of the Great Reset, which you do a great presentation on that. Um, the Internet of Things, and now ESG. So kind of give us your background on how you got into this, and um, then we'll go into what is environmental, social, and governance. Well, um, I was not very political a couple years ago, 
And um, I didn't even have regular TV. We just had subscription services. And so when COVID hit, like everybody else, I was all freaked out and started watching Trump's daily briefings, trying to figure out what was going on. And um, I, back then, I would wasn't even really a fan, you know, um, of Trump. And so I had believed some of the stuff that I'd seen in the news or whatever. And so um, I was watching him, though, one day, and he mentioned hydroxychloroquine, and it was nothing. I mean, it was just like a brief little, hey, some studies are showing positive results. I hope it works. Right. And then I saw the next day how the media went berserk and how, you know, it almost seemed like they didn't want it to work. And I just thought, this is weird. What's happening? Like, shouldn't we all be cheering this if, if this is true? Then I saw an article by Forbes magazine, and it, it said, man dies after taking chloroquine product that tout, that Trump touted. Okay, so this was a story about the guy that drank fish tank cleaner that had a chloroquine product in it, not right. the medication, right. but the picture at the front of this story and the headline meant to mislead you was a doctor in a lab coat holding a pouch of pills, like a blister pack. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there were no pills in the story. There was no doctor in the story. It was a story about a man who drank fish tank cleaner. Right. But they, and I read, I saw the, how it was laid out. Um, my background is in graphic design. So I was like looking, like, why did they pick this picture? Like, this was completely meant to mislead. Right. And so um, that made me stop trusting, you know, right off the bat. I was like, okay, Forbes is on my list, you know. But then I started looking at other companies that were doing it. And I started to see all the lies in the media. And so I started reading the, you know, fact checkers things and like seeing, see how they, the wordsmithing that was happening. Like they never mm -hmm. actually come out and say it's not true, but they say it in a way that's led, leads you to believe it's not true. Right. Right. So that's when I started paying attention and I do like to dig in and research. And so I started looking into different things and I came across an article about the great, the great reset. And that sent me down a whole rabbit hole. So I had, wanted to be careful about what I posted on Facebook because one time I did post something without researching it and I just got shredded. Right. So I was like, that's not going to happen again. Right. It so, happens to the best of us. <laughs> At least once. <laughs> Never again. So then I started looking into the Great Reset and I decided, you know, I'm just going to post what they say their plan is. You know, you can't argue with what they say on their own website. And I'm not saying what's true or false. I'm just saying this is what they say they want to do. Well, as I started doing that and started putting the presentation <clears throat> together for Eagle Forum, which we have um, community groups, small groups we call them, and so we go around teaching about different topics as they come up. So um, I was starting to speak at different groups about that. <clears throat> and the more I looked into it, they have um, the World Economic Forum is a group of world leaders, and they meet in Davos, Switzerland every year. And it's all the presidents, all the prime ministers, all the CEOs, of, all the billionaires, they all come together and they make plans for the economy for the most part. For the rest of us. Right. Mm -hmm. The so little people. They have 40 futures councils and it covers food, it covers energy, 5G, education. So I picked five or 10 of those and really dug in on them. And that's when I started to learn about ESG. I read their plan. Um, ESG stands for Environmental Social Governance. And it's a rating. It's kind of like a credit score, but it's political. So they made it in such a way that it looks on paper just like a credit score does. Like they use the same metrics when they set it up with the triple A or triple B. So it looks like it's this official thing, which credit mm -hmm. scores are highly regulated in data, 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 right. whereas ESG is not. There's over 160 different rating companies that mm. give ratings. So like one of the top three rating companies put McDonald's at the top, another put them at the bottom, and another one had in the middle because they all use their own metrics to rate mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. So it's very unregulated. So it can be 
totally politically so, so motivated. Wait, wait, time out. So if I was all into this and I said, okay, I want my 401k money to be invested in some great ranking ESG company. And they say, oh, yeah, we've, we've loaded you up with McDonald's stock. I could go and look them up and it says, no, McDonald's is the worst. But go back further from that, because what what is ESG? Like, what are they looking for when they score these companies? Mm -hmm. And why would they come out with different McDonald's is awesome, McDonald's mm -hmm. is terrible? Okay, so ESG stands for environmental social governance. So environmental is like, are they using renewable energies? The, the main it's the main thing that they market this as it's a way for companies to reduce emissions and get okay. credit for reducing emissions. And fight climate change. But when you actually look at the score, that's not a big part of it. So that's envir environmental wow. social would be like, what, are they paying good wages? It, do they have safe working conditions? Mm -hmm. Is it racially equitable? And then governance would be like how their board is made up and the way that they yeah, govern uh, their company. Like how our, does the board look? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Diversity so diversity, inclusion, mm -hmm. all the right. Okay, equity. So I watched a video about um, by Bloom, Bloomberg, um, and they were talking about um, they took 150 different companies and they looked at their ESG scores. And what they found one was they looked at all the ones that their scores had gone up and why. And so half of them had gone up even though they didn't do anything, just because the metric system had been changed on how they were grading it, mm. and. I think they said 50 of them went up because of board decisions, okay, how they run their company, mm -hmm. and only one went up because of emissions, okay? So the thing about these scores are is that there is no regulatory system, so they just rely on their own self-reporting. So what did you do this year to help the environment? Well, just read our annual report. And, and so they get their data for these scores by things like that. So McDonald's, for example, um, they had they have more emissions than Hungary, the country. Okay, most of it comes from their use of beef. But um, in England, they went around putting out these drop boxes for um, recycling, and so they got their score bumped up significantly because they had done this initiative. Well, it turns out that England was just about to pass a law requiring those, so they were only doing what they were going to have to do anyway. But since they came out in front of but it, they, they did them ahead. They got their ESG score. It, it sounds like if you, if you're a corporation and you kind of do the things that the Davos crowd wants you to do, maybe you're supposed to be involved in some certain political campaign, or you, they want certain things said. If you do those things, you get a better score, mm -hmm. regardless get, if it has anything to do with the climate. So it's a great yeah. way to bullet kind of push people towards your mm -hmm. political ideals, and then you get a great rating. It's cancel culture on a grand scale. So, for example, if you're putting together a retirement fund, so you have a, a fund, maybe it's got 30 companies in it, um, they will not, if it's an ESG fund, so there's the S&P and then there's the S&P ESG, and those don't include um, guns or ammo manufacturers. Mm -hmm. and they don't include things that are fossil fuels. Fossil fuels, right. So you see how Biden has said that he wants to put fossil fuels out of business, and here is the S&P not including them in certain funds just to get them out of business, to hurt their bottom dollar. Right. So um, if someone says, I want my fund to go to something that helps the planet, on paper it sounds good. I mean, it's no different than you, know, you say, it's the same group that wants to just shop at farmer's markets or only buy from fair trade organizations. They want to do something to help the planet. But the data has come out, and it shows very little effect. Not much is actually happening. Most of the scores aren't based on what they're doing environmentally, and they can't prove it. Mm -hmm. So um, now you've got two sides. One of them, well, you've got 
the right who is just against it because it involves tracking and privacy. And right. like I said, when they're picking winners and losers, they're not picking causes that they're, they're all left-leaning political causes. And so, um, but the, one of the big problems with this is that at the top of the ladder is BlackRock, which Larry Fink, the owner of BlackRock, mm-hmm. is also um, on the board of the World Economic Forum. So um, he also wants to push what they're calling stakeholder capitalism. So stakeholder capitalism, as opposed to shareholder capitalism, means that they are not just looking out for the interest of the shareholders' financial interests, but they're looking Mm. out for the cost to the planet, the cost to the world, the people who have a stake in these companies. That's how you get around fiduciary responsibilities to the stockholders is by getting the system changed to where you met your fiduciary responsibility to the stakeholders which could mean anything and everything you want to do. But I still think they have to be regulated by, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do when you invest in these stocks. You are beholden Mm -hmm. to your stockholders, and Mm -hmm. you are supposed to do the most advantageous thing financially, correct? So that's what the law says. Right. So are they getting around the law then? So the law says your number one priority is the financial interest of your investors. Okay, and under um, Trump, they passed a law that said, um, if you have two companies that are equal, but one has ESG, then you can vote with the ESG one. And so that's sort of a loophole that's going through. But we're not so sure ESG is what the ratings say it is. It's Does absolutely not what the ratings say it okay. is. And even people who are who were proponents of ESG are saying that this is a scam and that this is uh, political bullying. So, for example, um, BlackRock, you know, they are backed by the Fed. They have more they 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 manage trillions of dollars. I mean, most GDPs of countries put together don't equal what they manage. It's half of our GDP. So they can pretty much become majority stock owners on anything they want, and they already are on most things. So um, Exxon was considered one of the worst fossil fuels as far as emissions and stuff like that mm-hmm. goes. And Exxon had a plan to um, produce more gas, produce more fuel, okay, uh, to increase their production, which, Last year, the ESG funds, they did bad, but but energy funds, they all did good, okay? okay. So they were going to help make money for their investors. Mm-hmm. Well, then BlackRock bought more shares and used their voting power to put three people on the board who weren't necessarily energy experts, but ESG experts, and they voted the exact opposite to reduce Exxon's production, Okay. And they're on Exxon's board. Because th- by doing that, they produ- they reduced production, which dropped their emissions because they weren't making they the emissions just by doing, doing it. They doing their right. business. Right. It wasn't about switching to a cleaner way or doing it in some new eco-friendly way. They just right. stopped making it, which the world is pretty much desperate for fossil fuels and energy right, right now. How do you answer to your stockholders? Exactly. And well, that, that's But you got to have somebody to enforce that. So if you've got the Security Exchange Commission all into this thought process, too, who are they going to go after? They don't want to prosecute. Yeah, there's no regulatory board. Pro- right. There's no, like, so they ended up shutting down several production areas. That's how they did it. Okay. And they sold off these pieces of Exxon. Guess who bought those pieces? BlackRock. BlackRock. A company in China that's connected to the CCP. Same thing. It's their largest, the name of it escapes me right now, but it's the largest. Um, uh, fossil fuel manufacturer in China. Guess who owns majority stock in that company? BlackRock. Oh, okay. So we were right. We were yeah, okay, there. we were right. <laughs> Which I said oh, wow. the same thing because they are the same thing. Well, we're going to have to do another show on BlackRock too. Yeah, I was about to say if you haven't done research on BlackRock, which I need to look into more, but I mean, it's, I never heard it's that a name doozy. Just a few years ago, and now it's everywhere. 
Well, and that's a good point because people are listening and they're thinking, okay, oh my gosh, I'm sufficiently terrified. Right. But, and we know that they are, this is all started by world leaders, Klaus Schwab, we get that. But who are the people that are specifically behind all of this ESG garbage? Because it couldn't possibly be all of the world leaders. Somebody is heading that up. Do we know exactly who started this section of the mayhem? So Klaus Schwab, it all leads back to him. He's the leader of the World Economic Forum. Right, right. And he's written a book about the Great Reset, and he's heading up all of this. And he's gotten all of our major corporations and all these major countries involved. So they operate on what they call a private-public partnership. And they it's even under their description on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so basically what it is is – um, they work with private businesses to do what the government can't. So, for example, the government can't censor you, so they mm-hmm. just got Facebook to do it. They're a private company. Legally, they can do it, right? Mm-hmm. They can't um, shut down people's revenue streams, but PayPal can, who's mm-hmm. also a big part of this. Mm-hmm. Right, okay, So right. a whole bunch of these banks have signed on to ESG, like all the major banks have signed on to it. And so they are deciding, well, we're only going to lend to companies that have mm-hmm. a good ESG score. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean for gun manufacturers, right. ammo manufacturers, fossil fuels? That means they can't get the loans from these big banks, right? right? Well, you can't invest with And they with can us. do that legally, correct? Right. Yeah, and then the I conservatives mean, private... knuckleheads run out there and say that. I'm not, I'm not getting on you, but that's what we do. <laughs> no. But that is what we do. No. We're like, oh, this is a private business thing, do whatever. Well, but, but I'm saying, I mean, everything. point. Right. Oh, yes. but, but what do you, how do you, I mean, it's happening Mm-hmm. Last night, Trump's Mar-a-Lago. I mean, like where we live now in America, these things are coming unraveled. And we like I joke about re-education camp, but y'all, I'll see you there. I give us a year. And I think in a year from now, we're not going to recognize America if something doesn't change. So, yes, legally they can do it. But is there anybody, the Republican majority that hopefully is coming in November, will they stand up to this? Because I have very, very little hope in that. Because if things don't turn around, this is go and we'll get there. It's going nowhere good. Mm-hmm. And so I say that, even though, I mean, I guess I'm a knucklehead. I just gave it away. Hey, it's legal. <laughs> but you, I mean, you, you on the flip I'm side, saying. we go out and defend it, even though we shouldn't. But they, don't they we want to defend? Us into no, it. don't we don't don't we want to defend the baker that doesn't want to bake the wedding cake for the same sex yeah. couple because it's his private business. So I mean, I'm a Real idealist in the fact that, like, I feel like what's fair is fair is fair, mm-hmm. even if it works against me. Publicly traded corporations don't get to make those decisions since they have a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders. But that's us. They, they can't. It's yeah, our they money can't. that they're right. spending. Right. So it ultimately comes down to us. And it's going to take millions but, of people doing it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. going to take millions of people saying, I'm going to move my money from those big banks to yeah. a local, local bank, credit which, union. which I did. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to um, only put my investments in funds that aren't ESG. Yeah. So um, Ron DeSantis just passed a law saying that their state funds for um, pensions will not go to ESG companies. Okay, the whole state. That was big. I bet that's on Alabama's list of things to do yeah. this session. To the top. I sure do hope that. the so. top thing. <laughs> that well, joke. right. Yeah, I know right. I got yeah. it. The sarcasm. Um. Okay, so we were talking off air, and you were talking about how something that you did, talking about banks, um, of course, Alabama won't do what Ron DeSantis did, but talking about banks, something that you did that was really interesting, and then you got to give an education to the person at the bank based on what you did because you just said the most important thing, it depends on us. Mm-hmm. So, as terrifying as this is, it really depends on us. 
So we did move our money from a big bank to a local bank. And I love my bank. I think it was one of the best decisions we made. Um, they're easy to work with and they're friendly. So, but I noticed that the debit card they issue is a MasterCard. Okay. Okay. MasterCard is at the top of all of this. In fact, MasterCard just came out with a card um, that helps you to track your own carbon. So you can put your own limit on there about how much carbon you want to use. And based on how you spend it, like, did you spend it on gas? You know, whatever. Or did you spend it on things that have a high carbon footprint? And if you did, you'll spend, you'll reach your limit faster. And when it does, it's, it cuts off. It won't work anymore. Now, right now that's voluntary, but... It's voluntary, but you can see the infrastructure has been put in place where it could be mandatory. Yeah, mm-hmm. where I your feel bank like that's doesn't. That's where this is going, right? Mm-hmm. So when I started looking into it, I came across. Well, first, everybody on the right is against it, but on the left, there's two groups about ESG. One of them is, you know, led by Larry Fink. He's all over the news saying ESG is great and everybody needs to do it. Okay, and now keep that in mind. He's on everybody's board. He's a stop. He's the stock, the top stockholder, and right. he's telling companies on air. You all need to be doing this. Like the get, CEO of BlackRock. Right. Get right. in line. The CEO of BlackRock. And of course, like I said, the banks, they've come up with their own metric system. Like, well, here's how we're grading ESG. So it's totally up to them and whoever's in charge. Um, it's not a national standard. But even when you do see standards, they're all left-leaning. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, so MasterCard has set up this area where you can track your carbon, which is where I believe all of this is going. So one side on the left says ESG is wonderful and you should do it. And that's um, BlackRock's. Larry Fink and other people, they're just touting it. This is the only way. And the other side is still on the left, but they're saying ESG doesn't work. Okay. And so this was curious to me because when ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine happened, they shut down the narrative that was against theirs, right? Mm -hmm. You got censored. There's a lot that you could not say, but they're letting these guys say this. ESG doesn't work. Okay. And one of the guys is the ex-CIO, the chief investment officer for BlackRock. Okay. Okay. So Larry Fink is saying one thing and his ex CIO is saying another. Um, so, but they're, when you listen to them, they both come to the same conclusion. So the side that's for it says ESG is good, but it's not fair because um, everybody's not doing it. So he said that we're basically just playing whack-a-mole with the ones that won't do it. Mm-hmm. And so we can't really make a big change unless everybody's on board. And the way that we're grading the system is not regulated. So somebody can just say, I'm doing good things for the environment and not really do it. So it's not working as far as that goes. But in order for ESG to really work, we have to be able to prove what you did. You have to be able to show who right. you hired and how you reduced emissions. And so they the- need somebody to make people do that. So, so they need okay. to be able to track it. They need okay. to know how much carbon you spent. They need to see evidence that you reduced your emissions. So that would mean car- um, carbon pricing. Everybody has to pay for carbon that they use, Okay, which a lot of countries are already doing this. Like 20 countries are already doing carbon pricing. On the other side, the guy that's saying it doesn't work, he says um, if you look at the funds, they underperformed big time. And um, he can say there's no actual evidence that this has helped the environment. So this is not a systemic fix. It'll fix little things here and there, but it's not systemic. And in order for it to be systemic, we have to have carbon pricing. So no matter what, mm. they both lead to carbon pricing. Well, you can't find out how much carbon you used unless you can track it. Okay. So this is a much bigger thing because the companies might say, well, we, we changed to solar power or whatever, and they can see these big things. Okay. But then people started getting on them and saying, well, you sourced your product from this other company and they're not ESG compliant. So now the big company is telling the small company, you've got to get ESG compliant or we have to stop using you because you're hurting our ESG score. Okay, so that company gets their 
say it's a shoe company who gets their leather from, you know, another place. Well, how are you raising your animals that you get your leather from? So it trickles all the way down to the individual every time. And even with the, um, so I found several different websites where you can find your own rating. You put in your own information. It tells you what's your ESG rating, but it Wait. goes all Mine now, will be very yes. bad. Like it's voluntary, but <laughs> it'll be bad. <laughs> Wait, what do you I mean, mean it's voluntary? Like, like, it's bad, like for bad. you to do it, <laughs> your your bad. record is not your name is not on the because I haven't signed up. up. Right. Okay. But if you are an investor with, oh, who was it? It may have been Morgan Stanley. I'll have to look that up. Um, it's in my notes. But some of the big banks, when you sign up to be an investor, even if you are investing less than a thousand dollars, they already give you an ESG score. So that's where so they want to know. If they're investors, mm -hmm. are the, good enough little right. minions? Mm -hmm. It goes all the way down to the individual. Good thing I don't have any money. So, so, how, so how do they get everyone <laughs> to sign up to be tracked, to have their carbon tracked? Okay, so in order to get people on board, they have to believe they're doing something good, right? Or they have something to gain by, like I said, you want to do business with the big guys? Well, you've got to be because you're hurting our score and you're hurting our score and you're hurting our score. Right. So that gets everybody in it. But at the same time, I believe this goes all the way back to school indoctrination where kids are Ugh. being taught the whole social justice thing. Right. Like, um, and like I said, they, the millennials are the ones that are really driving this, right? They're the ones with the whole so social justice mindset. So they're the ones saying our retirement funds need to be ESG. We need to mm -hmm. save the planet. And right. so they got they're that. the reason there's paper straws in places. Yeah. Yes. Right. Oh, I'm mad at them. I can't so handle this. <laughs> so we, y'all know y'all have talked about SEL before, but like one of, in the second step program, which is here in Alabama, um, one of the questions on the eighth grade curriculum was they were talking about anxiety and they said, what are the top things that make you experience anxiety? And they had like five choices. The first one on the list was climate change. <laughs> How many eighth graders do you know are anxious about climate I think change? It's more like, do I have the right shoes that everybody <laughs> yeah. else has? Right. Clearly they didn't I have mean, children in the household they, who wrote that curriculum. <laughs> But they're telling but them. But that's just planting. That that's one of the things you, you should, should be like, This is what you should be that. thinking oh, about. Right. 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 Not the boy you want to go to the eighth grade dance with. And if you start looking at the curriculum, like is oh, it, if it's a math that. question, is it a science question, is it an English question, but they're all climate change related, yeah. right? So they're being told, you know, you're a good person if you do this and, you know, um, get with the program. Not only that, um, a lot of Alabama schools are swapping over to a more greener system. It's called a modernization project that's happening in a lot of schools. And they are actually able to learn how to track how much energy they saved in their classroom, right? So they will graduate from school with this mindset that tracking your energy is normal. It's a good thing to do. You're being part of something good. And so when they move into an IoT house, which is the Internet of Things, which what makes all of this trackable, it's the, the, it's the electric devices that they use to track you. That's and like, that's like, you walk in and there's facial recognition and your oven turns on and the door you, only opens for you. Yeah. Right. And you put your fingerprint in and like, it's like this Jetson. Anything, most people it's don't a, a Disney Jetson. movie the from like 15 house? years ago. No, it's the smart right. house. Okay. Any yeah. device that has smart in front right. of it right. is an IoT device. The smart house decides it hates you. Isn't there a movie But you know, that? okay. Yes. So the smart house. <laughs> there is actually. Is really? connected to the internet and it makes up the internet of things. And so when you scan your face in to open your garage door and it's connected to the internet, you're just being tracked, right? Like every step, every point of contact. So I show a video on my presentation where mom and dad, they have their sensors, which might be their phone or it might be a wearable device. There's all kinds of different IoT sensors. Can I just go ahead and get mine and put it in my hand? If, yeah, there it's coming. 5,000 people in Sweden have already done it. 
And in the, let them if, you can watch this on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, they so the guy tries to open a door to get a coke out, like of a um, like at a gas station, you know, uh-huh. and it won't open. He uses his other hand and it opens. He gets his drink out and it automatically charges his bank account. So, like I said, five thousand people have already done this in Sweden. It's probably more now. Have these injected? So, anytime the World Economic Forum puts a plan out there, they already have. 20 case studies to go with it. So if they say, this is how we want to do school, they'll say, here's this is how we want to do school. And this, here's a school in Singapore that's doing it. Here's how we want to mm-hmm. do smart farming. And here's the farm in Kentucky that's doing it, right? So if you look at what ESG is doing in the world right now, there's on each continent, there is a country that has a really high SG score that's ahead of us in implementing it. And if you look and see what happens, they're all falling apart. So for example, Ghana, shocker, they had a 97.7 rating. And they were totally energy efficient. They were doing so good with fossil fuels that they were exporting it to other countries, making money, doing good. And then the World Bank, who's huge in ESG, mm-hmm. got involved. And they said that they would give them a, this huge guarantee and help them transition to clean energy. Right. Okay. All they had to do was um, pass a renewable energy law and agree to limit their carbon emissions. And then they had to pass a law uh, banning fertilizer that is a chemical fertilizer that they say is non-organic. Okay. So guess what happened then? Um, all, everything started crashing down. Okay. So if you've been keeping up with the news, um, Ghana just had major protests in the capital city of Accra. Like the, the, the government came out with guns and faced these people down the streets. And this energy crisis has led to a food crisis and a water crisis. So the area that's hit the hardest can no longer get water because it's processed with electricity, right. which means their crops aren't going. And they're saying within the next couple of months that Ghana is going to face starvation and famine. Okay. After booming, right. after doing well. ESG did this to them. Okay. They so then you've got us. Sri Lanka. Did y'all mm-hmm. see the riots in Sri Lanka? Yes. Mm-hmm. They overthrew their government. They, they, w- they went into the palace and you could see pictures of guys swimming in the pool. I mean, they went in and just pulled the guy out and they had the same thing happen. The World Economic Forum advised for them to ban chemical uh, fertilizers also. And so there, but it caused their economy to tank. And so now they can't even afford to import fossil fuels. So all their gas stations are out of gas or people are spending the night in their car for three or four days to get it. Yeah. And they Mm -hmm. can't get restarted. They don't have, they don't have the ability to crank it back up because I'm telling you, we're going to camp in Europe. It was the Netherlands. Okay. And y'all saw the farmers riot there. And one of their farmers said this, what you're doing when they pass the law about the fertilizer, what you're doing amounts to murder. This people are going to starve to death because of this. And then on our continent, you see it happening in Canada. Canada. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they're all like these pilot programs. They're starting with them to see what happens when they do it. And it's obvious. Well, they're testing they're the responses. Crashing. I mean, right. even, even it's like the they did with vaccine passports. Yeah. Yeah. Like they mm-hmm. test it. And, you know, if around the country, around the world, if they don't start standing, I mean, we're next. They're just itching to get in here. This is terrifying. So what's happening in the Alabama schools? I cut you off and interrupted you. So they're just in the classrooms. Are they connected to... Like, are they tracked or how do they track the carbon emissions? Yeah, so how do the students see the, so how does that whole thing work where the students are kind of taught to, oh, we're, we're doing so great. We're not burning, using much electricity today. We're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll just tell you, I kind of went on this little rabbit hole. And so, you know, I can't like predict exactly where this is going. So I'm just Mm going to tell you the pieces that I found. Okay. Um, So there's a company called Snyder Electric that is doing a modernization project. Now, is that just some little company from... Gardendale. So I kind of wondered why why they were it doing it. Sounds all like these just schools. somebody's electric company. You know what I'm saying? But they're Joe's, HVAC. Well, no, Snyder but they're electric. on the World Economic list of like top 
So here's the Country, here's how I mean, I, companies, correct? Here's how I found so they the can't be little. I got I got an ad in my Twitter one day that said that um, in your Twitter in my Twitter feed <laughs> that, on the Twitter um, that uh, school in Gulf Shores actually their whole school system had been modernized, and so I read it. They got um, solar power on the uh, on the roof. They got IoT, the Internet of Things, HVAC systems, and IoT plumbing systems. Okay, so the way IoT plumbing works is that instead of just saying you use so many gallons of water this month, they right. could know because of where the sensors are in the pipes, how much was used out of your faucet as opposed to how much was used out of your garden hose. Right. And so okay. um, the world economic forms plan for water talks about um, pricing it different depending on usage. So they say 70% of water is used by agriculture. So they should pay the most and individuals are at the bottom. So this is a, I don't know, but could they charge you, more if it's coming out of your hose and less if it's coming out of your faucet. Right. If they could keep up with it, then sure they could, right? Right. And if they decided, like in California, it was illegal to water your gardens for a while because of the drought issues. So they might turn off hoses. Uh, that's the thing about IoT is that it's remote. Like you can turn off an IoT car from a device somewhere else if you wanted to. So so I looked to mm -hmm. see what other schools were doing this, okay? And I found a whole bunch of them all over the state. Same company, Schneider Electric. And I just wondered, like, why isn't Alabama Power doing it? This is like our company, right? right. So I've kind of gotten to the habit now that anytime I come across a company that I'm unsure about or a person, I Google their name and World Economic Forum. So I highly mm -hmm. recommend doing that with a lot of Republican politicians because yeah. you'll come across a lot of people. <clears throat> Dan Crenshaw. That, mm -hmm. that graduated from the World Economic Forum Young mm -hmm. Leaders. Yeah. And you'll see how many have really tight connections. So I just Googled Snyder Electric World Economic Forum. And lo and behold, they build smart cities, they do electric cars, they do um, all kinds of Internet of Things, uh, all kinds of capabilities. And so they're out of France. They're not an Alabama company, although they do have lots of offices here. So that made me go, hmm. And so I, I started, when I was really digging into ESG, I found an article where it talked about um, the, top the top companies that kind of came together and formed their the World Economic Forum has their own rating metric system. And it talked about who was behind that and who was the driving force and who was pushing it. And they, this article mentioned maybe 10 out of the 50, and one of them was Snyder Electric. So there was another like, hmm, okay, they're here in Alabama. So I called around a bunch of different offices trying to get answers because one of the things in one of the articles said that it had oh, some gosh. sort of – there's a bunch of articles. I mean, you yeah. can look up all the different counties. Well, I mean, all this in. is – Public. I mean, right. they're, they're right. writing articles about what's happening. So right. you're just following the trail. I'm just telling you what I Googled and what yeah. I found, what I searched for and what I found. Don't, yeah. don't Google. Um, I've been using Brave lately instead yeah. of Google. Um, but anyway, so um, so I looked at so I looked it up and I found all the places where they're doing it. So then I just started calling. Mm -hmm. Hey, do you know about the modernization project in Alabama with schools? Nobody knew over and over and over. And so finally I found someone who did. And, you know, he's like, oh, what's your question? And he was... Nice guy. Answered my questions. And He's I, with Schneider. Elect Schneider. Yes. But I'm telling you, I called all over different states okay. to main offices okay. trying oh, to find wow. it. So this is not the main thing Snyder Electric does. Like, I think they're known for electrical pieces and parts okay. that uh, like a plumber would buy or an electrician would buy. So, um, but I asked him, what's the STEM aspect? And he said that he thought that they would have um, iPads where they could track their energy usage and it would do things like if this classroom's not being used, the air goes down to a lower temperature and comes back up when you're in. Right, which or, all sounds good. Keeps the prices right. down. LED lights. Right, Solar right. power. And so um, 
So they would be able to track this. And so um, I was talking to a teacher friend of mine. She goes, oh, I can already see the scenario. Whose class saved the most energy? They're yeah. going to get a pizza party yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah. So um, like, but it is good to save energy. I'm not against that. I mean, I think especially as a Christian, I mean, God made all this and, and I would take care of it because I love God, you know, right, it's his. right. You're supposed to be good stewards of what you're given. Right. So it's hard to say anything negative about that. But my main thing is what are the motives behind it? Okay. Cause that same infrastructure that could be used to save energy can also be used to track energy. Mm. Right. And so if, if kids grow up tracking their energy and they, and it's this positive thing, which it is, it's a positive not to spend it. Okay. It, I don't think it's positive to track it. I think this is a privacy violation, right? And here's the thing is you can't, once you say I'm going to track my energy costs, you're tracking everything. So this means what did, what purchases did you make? Right. Right. How much did you drive your car? Right. Is it a gas car? Is it an electric car? And in Biden's infrastructure bill, you can see that there are, um, there's something about all of this, you know, so he wants to tax gas cars per mile for what you use and then give subsidies to electric car companies. So it's all pushing an agenda. And you see the same thing with the ESG. So one thing that they said is that since the ESG funds weren't performing very good, the, the Biden wants to start mm. giving subsidies to these yeah. um, companies, which is, once again, our money, right? right? And it props them up so uh, it will cover what their losses and make them more competitive, even though they're not doing what they actually said they wanted to do. Right. They're not being competitive, so we, we prop them up to make up for what they lost right. doing the ESG stuff. Mm. So if these kids graduate from school and they move into a smart house, which Biden's infrastructure bill had billions to build what they call social housing, which just means government-owned smart houses. There's a whole article in the World Economic Forum saying for equity cases, everyone should have equal access to a smart home. Okay, so if everybody graduates school and they move out to this trackable, this home that tracks everything, and they've been taught, you know, this is a good thing they're doing, they will voluntarily give up their privacy and they won't mm -hmm. even see it as a privacy invasion. They'll see it more like, look at the good thing I'm doing. Right. I'm and there virtuous. won't be resistance to it. Like right mm -hmm. now, if they tried to right. track us, all of us would be like, no way, right. you know, yeah. that's none of your business, you know? Um, but I think this is preparing the next generation to accept it. Because if you think it to the logical end, what are the unintended consequences of being tracked? Well, what if you go buy something at store X, but it doesn't have a good carbon footprint and then your score goes down and then, you know, they lock your bank account or they you can't take public transportation or you can't. I mean, I'm just thinking like all the things they do in China today. No, these, it really is. All the things they really do here is. today. Think about what yeah. PayPal did after mm -hmm. January 6th. And they they cut off revenue streams of conservatives. You can't get a loan. You can't. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just think about what um, Spotify did. You know, the, uh, all those all those. Um, Singers came in and said that if you don't cancel these conservative podcasts, mm -hmm. then we're going to take our music off Spotify, right? That they were, uh, Glenn Beck was saying that whole point of that wasn't really, he like the artists didn't think that they were going to affect some of these podcasts. They were sending a message, mm -hmm. right? We're going to come after you. This is cancel culture, like what they did with Goya, right? So mm -hmm. they, they're they just getting businesses behind them. Like the farmers in Canada, they raised what was it, like $9 million off GoFundMe and GoFundMe shut it down. Yeah, right. So it's the same thing that these businesses are doing to each other, and it trickles down to individuals. So is it good to save energy? Like, is there a positive side to the schools getting modernized? Yes. But what could happen is the good question to ask. Like, where is this headed? And like I said, I can't predict it, but it's a good question to ask.
Um, how is this going to affect how our children feel, you know, when they are done? You know, are we still instilling in them this idea of privacy, mm-hmm. which I think SEL, that's one of the targets, mm-hmm. is to break down what you think is private. Ask these really private questions, make you answer in front of the class so mm-hmm. that you have a different idea of what privacy is compared to what your parents right, have. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, I think when we – go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'm you sorry. go ahead. I was just saying, I think when we talk about privacy, people are like, oh, I've got my privacy – but I, I think really it's more about individualism yes. than, than mm-hmm. privacy. I mean, we, we say it as privacy, but I don't think people are getting the message that, you know, you can be That's you what and you can be you. Down. And they're trying to get rid of us as individuals. We're That's just, why a uh, man can be a woman and a woman can be a man. And we don't have mothers. We have birthing people. Like right. They're trying to just make us all and the same. And we're just all part of we're the just, collective or the, yes. Yeah. Which is what we were talking about before. It feels very communistic, doesn't yes. it? Yes. One hundred percent. I've said I'm, I'm not calling them the left anymore. I'm just going to call them the communists. Yeah, because that's what's happening. And yeah. you can see um, we had one of our Eagle Forum groups, a man spoke who grew up in a communist country. And he's saying this is what happened in our country. And this is what's happening now. This is what happened in our country. And this is what's happening now. And it's it's almost like you can see the same footprints leading somewhere. What do you think that people what are some resources if people are like, hold up, you have my attention. I'm interested. I want to know more about this. Where are some places besides the World Economic Forum's own website? Um, and what are some things that people can read um, to get more knowledge so that they, too, can pass it along? I mean, well, I think history is a very good teacher. And so um, that was one of my favorite things in college. I took a bunch of World War II history classes. And so it deals with communism and, and socialism and fascism from all different countries. And it it answers like socialism on paper sounds pretty good. Everybody's share, everybody's happy, nobody's right, poor. Right. But how does it play out, right? right. So, um, and I think that's one thing that's getting twisted is the way they teach history. So we had talked about the Gulag Archipelago, mm-hmm. um, which was a really, really good book because the, the author, he was um, a high-ranking military official, mm-hmm. and you see how the government took him down. Right. Um, Live Not by Lies is another one that I just finished, and it's excellent. So he interviews. I think three or four pe- people that were come from three or four different mm-hmm. countries. And so um, I just think I've been trying to read some of this to my kids. Like we read several, we've, we've been studying, I started homeschooling this year. And so we've been studying some things about the Holocaust. And I read uh, several biographies from Schindler's List survivors to mm-hmm. them this mm-hmm. year. And, you know, of course they ask the same question that all of us ask when we study World War II, like, how did Hitler get a whole nation to react this mm-hmm. way? Yes. Like, how did that happen? And it happened so fast. You look at Rwanda, like how did they get one people group mm. to flip on another overnight, right? right? And so much of it's media and some of it, so much of it is propaganda. And um, it, it we can see like the, it's happening here in different ways. Mm. How overnight people can be labeled domestic terrorists or whatever right. for doing things that might anyone would have done, you know? And so it, it, when you read history, it's kind of an eye opener. Mm-hmm. So especially with kids, you know, I feel like that's important to do with them and mm-hmm. kind of talk through it. I'm fascinated by the idea that you were um, watching TV, watching Donald Trump speak about COVID on those daily updates. After all the other things that had gone on, the Russia propaganda, he's an agent, you didn't really like him, the whole nine yards. Uh, can you expand on that a little bit? Because there's millions of Americans mm-hmm. who have, the light hasn't come on, the switch hasn't been thrown. And is there a way we can help people kind of turn their light on. You know what I'm saying? You had this event that happened and you're like, oh my gosh, they're just lying to me. How do we convince other people to do that? 
So I read a book a while back, and it's, it is a left-leaning book. I, I like to keep my eye on both sides, but it was called Talking to Strangers. And oh, yeah, I read that one. Did you? Mm-hmm. And it's, people are, what they found through all these different studies is that people are built to trust. Okay. Like, that's our natural leaning is to trust. And so um, mm-hmm. we never look for outliers. We never think of the thing that might go wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where I was, and I was just like, you know, taking my kids to soccer, going mm-hmm. to church, just living life, and I didn't feel touched by it. And I would say... That's all my friends. I think for the most part, they're like, watch this on the news and think, those people in Seattle are nuts. But we're safe in Alabama, right? Mm -hmm. And they think that we're untouched. And that's kind of where I was. But if you look at Alabama, we are in the thick of a lot of this. Okay, Mm -hmm. just think about Huntsville, right? Space Force is coming, NASA, Facebook, Google, Amazon. FBI. um, Blue Origin, the FBI. Right. I mean, that's a lot in one city. Yeah. Okay, so I don't think they're just going to leave us alone. Right. All the money being spent on broadband right now, 5G. I mean, I just SEL, the new mental health counselors that are coming to schools. Like if you look at it as a whole, it's all there. This the infrastructure in Alabama is there and it's what they're pushing. Mm -hmm. And it's frightening. And nobody's pushing back. So, so um, no, the we just get canceled. Right. Oh, elected officials. No. And even the ones that (laughs) say they are, they're not. Well, and how about let's put a fine point on all the names and things that we just listed about what's in Alabama. How about going back to the electric company that's here doing work in schools? What is our superintendent's, um, isn't there some kind of name or award named for Snyder? Right, the Snyder Electric Superintendent of the Year. Really? The more that I started looking and searching, (laughs) I just kept finding all these little connections. How do you win that? I don't know. But um, so, you know, the more I looked in, I just kind of found all these little connections, one thing after another. Um, and I, what I figured out is, like, I would see, if you look at Biden's infrastructure bill, like the whole thing, there's a lot in there, right? It's this giant thing. It wasn't going anywhere. It was stalled. People were talking about it. It was like months and months were going by. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, the pieces of it started trickling in. And you can see that all over the country, but you can see it in Alabama. So um, when I looked into the modernization project, for example, I found out that all these, a lot of these schools were getting grants from the Biden's American Rescue Plan. Mm-hmm. And when I, when we spent our COVID money, I noticed that we spent it on universal broadband. Okay, so um, I was, I can understand the connection because there's a lot of kids who had to use the internet at home to go through school, and that's why it's associated with COVID. Um, but then I just, I w- was wondering what other states spent theirs on. And so every state I googled spent. There's a part that was designated for infrastructure. And so I, everybody, I didn't see roads and bridges, which is they've been, you know, yapping about in the news. Right. But I did see universal broadband on every state that I looked up. So then I went back to the regulations. Like, okay, if you get this COVID money, you can only get approved for it if you agree to spend it on X. Mm. And so under the infrastructure section, if you wanted the money, you had to spend it on universal broadband. Well, which state's going to turn away free money, right? right. Definitely um, not Alabama. And especially if they need it. Okay, sh- universal broadband is a good thing. It is. Okay. And I want all the kids in schools to have it. And I believe that they should, but Mm. you also can't do the tracking without it. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's kind of like, and also why is it the government's responsibility to bring that? That's mm -hmm. a free market thing. Can I ask another one? Mm -hmm. If we have like 25% of our kids who can't read, what are they doing on the internet? I know it's a terrible question. Playing games. Watch poignant questions. Oh, yeah, watch videos. That'll keep yeah, it's all those. Yes. It yeah, all those. Yes. Yeah, yes. see, God, I was such a jerk. Come on. <laughs> so, if you look, if you take apart Biden's infrastructure bill, like for example, he had fifty billion in there for semiconductors, right? And then they gave they 
but the, like I said, the bill wasn't going anywhere. Well, every IoT device has to have a semiconductor. So old school electronics, they all had semiconductors. New ones all have IoT semiconductors. And that goes for electric vehicles, everything. So for example, Biden said new, new cars all have to be electric. Okay, that was in the bill also. And that they have to come fitted with a semiconductor that can take your breathalyzer test and know if you've been drinking and the car won't work. But that doesn't mean that the breath, that the semiconductor can't do other things. Like there's all kinds of things that it can do. Semiconductors can tell how many people is in a room by the air pressure, if someone left or not. You can put a, a device on your desk and then if somebody takes your stapler, your phone will beep, beep, beep. The mm -hmm. pressure on your desk has changed. It can tell air quality. It can tell sounds. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can be picked up for so it. So there's no way, oh once gosh. they get all this in place, there's no way anyone can, can say, hey, I'm against the government, or I have some questions, or I don't think we're doing the right they've thing, got because eyes they have on eyes you. on everybody. Wearying all day. Yes. So exhausting. So anyone who just says, hey, look, we... I don't think I don't think we're heading in the right direction. They know, and then they have control of everything. Then I go to life. like gun ownership, and then we're back in the camp. It all goes back to reeducation. <laughs> I'm leaving. Camp. I'm going to find a farm and I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. That's just decided mm -hmm. looking for a cave. One of the things yeah. that was also in the talking about modernizing our roads in the infrastructure bill was um, electric. I mean IoT streetlights. So they have LEDs, so they save energy. They only come on if somebody goes under it. And it's brighter if it's a group or a car. If there's a wreck that happens, it will alert authorities who will come. Nobody will have to call 911. Okay, but think if your car has one of those IoT semiconductors and every streetlight has one, mm -hmm. could you ping, ping, ping? Absolutely. I mean, they have all the way down the road. All right? the way. And track where you went. There's, there's tons of possibilities. And they know who you talked to. And maybe you talked to somebody who also how was, long you who was against the mayor or against the governor. Mm -hmm. or There's IoT toilets who can analyze your urine. That can analyze your urine and tell what medication you're on. Or what you've been eating. Isn't there a toilet seat that can track your heartbeat or something? Right. That's or how your... they do identity. So your heartbeat is as unique to you as your thumbprints. And the Pentagon, you can look this up, has a laser that they can read people's heartbeats with and identify them. So if your toilet, if you sit on it and it's got your heartbeat, then it knows that you're the one that's took the medication. Your butt didn't. tells it all. Yeah. So they're, tracking, they're tracking you women twice as much as they're tracking the <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I know you have to go. Yes, momentarily. Um, any last thought? We're going to have to have you back. There's going to have to be a part two to this because it just, it literally, like when you leave, I just want to close my eyes and like I have to breathe because it's so overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. We'll pray too. Yes. Um, it's just so much, but it's, I'm so thankful for people like you that have the energy and the desire to mm -hmm. research and learn this because in my head, it's like, on my list of things to do, but I just can't get there. So we're just going to have you back. Right. Um, That's what the show's for, right? Bring, yeah. Bring the yeah. people who've been doing yes. all the work yes. out to tell yes. the folks in Alabama what's happening. Yeah. So go to local banks. What else can we do? So um, when I called my bank, I asked, you know, I, I've gone to the trouble drop to switch banks. Can, you drop, can we do something besides MasterCard? Mm -hmm. Well, they didn't know. I mean, like I was telling her what happened. She was just like, oh, my gosh, I don't, didn't know anything about this. But I was not the first person who called. Somebody else had called mm. and said the same thing. She, and I asked her, like, are you familiar with ESG? She goes, well, I am because last week another person called about it. So mm -hmm. let's make that another person and another person and another person. Mm -hmm. right. right? Let's um, not give our business to the companies that are pushing this, which is going to be hard. It's a lot of them. 
but let's not let them censor us. Let's not let them push us out of the market, pick and choose winners. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what Ron DeSantis did was good. You know, he passed the law there. There, the companies that are pushing it are going to miss out on all of Florida's business, right? Where all the rich retired people live. Yeah. Um, where everybody from New York just moved Yeah, with all their money. It was funny. Um, so I think, you know, there's a lot, are, we have more power than we know with our spending, but are we willing Mm. to use it? Mm. You know, are we willing Mm. to stop watching Netflix? You know, are we willing to stop using Amazon? Are we uh, willing to call and say, you know, actually, it's a smart financial move. I think I'm, I'm not an investor, but the SG funds didn't do good. You right. know, so um, when it, when when crunch time comes, all that yeah. virtue signaling starts. Going, mm, maybe yeah. not. Maybe right. not. So, so just like, a signal. Right. What you said <laughs> yeah. is, there. you know, they're actually breaking the law if they aren't looking out for the best financial interest of their investors. If they're right. considering anything else besides making their investors money. It's technically illegal. And so I read an article yesterday about how Biden is, you know, his way of combating that is mm-hmm. giving them money, giving them tax breaks. So like with the, I never finished my thought about the semiconductors. Since it, since the bill wasn't going through, they passed another bill where it gave them $54 billion. They passed another bill, which gave them a 25% tax break on people who were mm-hmm. producing these. Like they're making things happen that didn't right. get passed in law, but they're just doing it through private industry. Mm. BlackRock is doing what the government can't. Like right. I said, picking winners and losers. Yeah, we'll definitely have to have you on again. So, Good. Don't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. That has been fascinating. So much. I don't thank feel any better so than I did when I got here. No, but, but you uh, are so armed with you, knowledge. We are. we are armed with knowledge. And hopefully our listeners are too. And I think this is something that um, you share and get the word out because so many people, you hear bits and it's like out there somewhere, you know it's an issue but like we've got to start paying attention to these kind of things and um because they are about to if they aren't already really affecting our lives. Yeah. Kind of e- scary. Even in Alabama. And we can't just be on the defense. You know like yeah. We've got to find ways to take care of the environment but without the tracking. You know what I'm saying? We've got to right. find ways to um come up with a plan and not just be defensive against their plan. Um not just be reactive, you know. And we need people to participate. Like what was our voter turnout this year? It was in the 20s. 20. Right. And then in the runoff, it was 12%. And I, that blows my mind. Like after COVID, after mandates, after race riots, after um, all the different things we've been through, only 12% showed up yeah. to vote between two very different senators. Right. You know, it's shocking. Like people, I think people have lost trust. They think their vote doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it does. It matters for a couple more times. And your money. It matters. Your money. Is, your money <laughs> is that, And then it just does. After that, it may not matter anymore. So oh, we, we got right. our, our chances. So thank you for watching the program, ladies. Thank you for being here. Thank Re- you. Rebecca, thank you for Did everything you're working on. No. No. I didn't think so. <laughs> Absolutely not. This has, been, this has been Alabama Unfiltered. Remember to go to all the different places where you can download your podcast. Tell other people about this podcast. It's growing by leaps and bounds. But tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell people you like. Tell people you don't like. <laughs> and um, maybe they'll learn something from it. So we will talk to y'all soon. See y'all. Mm-hmm.